It's not too late to diversify into gold. Physical gold was used to preserve wealth throughout history, and now is a great time to include it in your savings strategy. Birch Gold Group makes the process straightforward. They help you convert an existing IRA or a 401k into a tax-advantaged physical gold IRA without any out-of-pocket costs. Just text HOPE to 989898 and claim your free info kit on gold IRAs. Protect your savings today. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Real Estate for Life. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home or moving to a more family-friendly or Christian area, please consider going to realestateforlife.org. They will pair you with expert real estate professionals who share your faith, and they will also contribute a portion of their commission to a pro-life charity of your choice, all at no cost to you. So to connect with a pro-life realtor, please visit realestateforlife.org or call them at 1-877-LIFE-US-1. Hello and welcome back to A Reason for Hope. My name is Mario Costabile and I am honored that you're joining us and listening to us today. Thanks for tuning in to A Reason for Hope podcast, your resource for interviews, catechesis, and candid conversations about our Catholic faith. Also, if you'd like to send us any of your thoughts or ideas, you can email us at podcast at arrayofhope.net. Make sure that you subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast app so we can walk together on this journey of faith. And lastly, please prayerfully consider going to our donation page so you can help us do our work and serve the church. Our partnership with you will allow us to continue to create these podcasts. You can go to arrayofhope.org and navigate to the donation page. So today, David and I will continue our discussion about the creed. So let's get into it. And here we go. Hey, Dave. Hey, hey. How's it going? Long time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like five minutes ago? No, <laughs> don't tell our listeners that. Uh, we're, we're, they still feel that it's weeks have passed uh, oh, okay, okay. since we've been here together. Yeah, how have you been? <laughs> I've been great. A lot has really happened since we were last together. <laughs> so, but I'm having a good time. Things are things are exciting over here, and I love unpacking the creed because often when we recite the creed in mass, we're just kind of blowing through it, and we don't really closely look at what we're actually saying. So, this right. has been really helpful for me as well. So, in continuing our series, last uh, the last time we began with the second article, which is "I believe in Jesus Christ." his only son, our Lord, which cover the meaning of Jesus's name and what we mean when we call Jesus the Christ, the Lord, right? Today, we're going to discuss what we mean by Jesus being the son of God. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, pretty heavy. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> now, we often say that we're all children of God, but that's not what we mean when we talk no. about Jesus, is it? No. And, and predominantly because we're children of God by adoption, Mm. And Jesus is the Son of God by nature. So wait, wait, wait. say that again. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Let's not, yeah, say it again. Yeah, that we're we're sons and daughters of God by adoption, but Jesus is the Son of God by nature. Okay, you got to unpack. That. I, I will. I will. I'm right here next to you, and I don't yeah. know what you just said. Uh, by the way, just as a little bit of an aside, I I think that many people 
say, well, aren't everybody children of God, right? right? And they'll say that very flippantly, but I don't know if you know this, um, but the, the Our Father, that somebody who is coming into the Catholic Church who hasn't been baptized, that they actually have to leave Mass before the Our Father is said, because they technically can't say Our Father until they've been baptized. So people talk well, about that because most infants can't speak. Yeah. <laughs> so in most yeah. cases, but I mean, like if somebody adult coming into the church, oh, I got you. Okay. They have to actually be given the Our Father. It's a very, very interesting part mm. of the wow um, the the right of the That's Christian sort of like of a little side. Yeah, but it, it, they thing. don't deliberately. They can't stay because they can't say that. Not only can they not receive the Eucharist, but they have to leave before the Our Father because they can't say Our Father until they've been adopted as sons and daughters of God through baptism. Wow. Yeah, so now, so when we say, you know, every, every human being is, is a child of God, we mean that in the sense that, you know, well, God created every human being, right? So, so in that way, you can say that God is, is our father in terms of us being created by him. But, okay. but we, don't, we don't mean that like we mean it when we say that we become children of God through baptism. So even that's different. So back to Jesus, Jesus isn't isn't an adopted son of God. Jesus is the natural begotten son of God. And um, we're adopted through baptism. You could almost look at baptism as the, the, um, the legal proceeding through which God formally adopts us as his children. Mm. But, um, but that didn't happen with Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God by nature because he's the divine Logos. In the prologue to the Gospel of John, we see this, that Jesus is the Logos, which in Greek is the word for word. And John's prologue starts, in the beginning was the Word, meaning the Son, and the Word was with God, meaning the Father, and the Word was God meaning consubstantial or equal in essence and nature to the Father. Mm -hmm. And then through the Word, all things were made. So the Son of God is involved in the process of creation. And so that's, that's an important like, starting point is this, this reading in the prologue of, the, of John's Gospel. It gives us a clue as to what we mean. Because then in verse 14 of that prologue, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that's Jesus, the son of God, the word, the logos becoming flesh. So what we believe about Jesus is that he is totally human because it's, it's the word of God becoming man, but he's totally divine. He's co-equal to the father. He is consubstantial with the Father, as much God as the Father is God. It's always difficult to wrap your mind around, right? Yeah. I mean— Well, it was disputed in the early church. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you probably are aware the Nicene Creed expands on this article of the Apostles' Creed right. pretty substantially. So what is the Nicene Creed? It says, God from God, light, light from, from light, light, true God, God from, from true God, God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with, with the, the Father. Father. And, and the reason why the Nicene Creed did that was because there was a heresy that was being put forth by this bishop, Bishop Arius, known as the Arian heresy, 
And uh, so you got to think this is in around 300. Um, and uh, and the, the Bishop Arius believed that the Logos wasn't begotten of the Father, that the Logos was the first creation of the Father, who was like God, but not God, but but a super creation, if you will. And since the Logos was a creation and not by nature God, when the Logos became, when the Word became flesh, that it wasn't God becoming flesh, it was this first of all creatures that was similar to God, but not God, becoming flesh. And that really became very popular, a very popular view in the early church, and it was really Around 300? Around 300, yeah. Around St. Augustine's time. Augustine was later. He was dealing with his own share of heresies, Manichaeism, Pelagianism. But um, no, the the one who was really the the strong voice against Arianism was St. Athanasius. Mm. St. Athanasius. So uh, really incredible writing if you look into the writings of St. Athanasius. So basically, this council was called the Pope you know, at the prompting of Emperor Constantine, called the bishops of the church together to meet, to to really come up with an answer to the question of whether or not this explanation of, of Bishop Arius was correct or not. And the council fathers said it wasn't, that, that Jesus, in fact, was the begotten Son of God, the only begotten Son of God incarnate, and so was God uh, made flesh. The U.S. government debt has grown a whopping $1 trillion in the last three months. And meanwhile, our economy only grew by $5.5 trillion in the last three years. The fiscal emergency has gotten so bad that even Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has called the situation urgent. This is why it's so important to shelter our assets right now. I mean, it's not too late to diversify into gold. Physical gold was used to preserve wealth throughout history, and now it's a great time to include this in our savings strategy. Birch Gold Group makes the process straightforward. They help you convert your existing IRA or 401k into a tax-advantaged physical gold IRA without any out-of-pocket costs. Just text HOPE to 989898 to receive their free info kit on gold IRAs with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau Countless five-star reviews and thousands of happy customers, Birch Gold is the nation's number one gold IRA provider. Text HOPE to 989898 and protect your savings today. So if you're wondering how you can help this ministry, rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help others hear it as well as sharing it with your friends and your family. So join us in this mission by rating, reviewing, or sharing this episode with someone you think needs to hear it. And we want to thank you for your continued support of A Reason for Hope podcast. And so they added to the creed, they they wrote a creed, the Nicene Creed, we're familiar with that phrase perhaps, and they added all these things as if to say, no, really God, right? So God from God, light from light, true mm-hmm. God from true God. But it was clarifying and explaining, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, what it was mm-hmm. meant by his only son. So um, now you mentioned that it's difficult to conceptualize um, 
what it means to be consubstantial, but a separate person from the Father. And I think maybe a good way to understand this is by looking at it in respect to what a human father and son would be like, but then explaining how it's different. So if if you looked at like you and your son or me and my son, we have a human nature. So I have a human nature and my son or your son has a human nature, but but we don't have the exact same human nature. Mm-hmm. We have a human nature, but my son would have his own human nature and I would have my own human nature. That's not what we mean by the father and the son having the same nature. Imagine it, it were possible that, that me and my son could actually have the exact same human nature. And that's what we mean when we talk about the father and the son sharing the same nature. The, the godness of God, the what they are, is exactly the same. They're different who's, but they have the same what. See? And so I know that that, that might still be confusing, but it, well, in the great scheme of things, you're trying to wrap your brain around this mystery. It, it's, it's basically that the godness of the Son is not a different godness than the godness of the Father. Whereas, like my humanness and my son's humanness, we we're, we both have a human nature, but his humanness is different than my humanness. Mm-hmm. If you see what I mean, yeah. yeah. So, um, but nonetheless, the father and the son are different persons. So they're distinct and separate from one another, while at the same time having this same divine nature. It's not that any different than the Trinity. It's that same kind of mystery and trying to wrap your head around that. Right. And when we talk about the Holy Spirit later on, it really can be said of the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit is consubstantial with the Father as well and consubstantial with the Son as much as the Son and the Father are consubstantial with one another. I know we're getting off track, but I I feel like I got to ask you. So it's always like even even the, the humanity and Jesus having a soul, which is distinctly different from him being God. Right. And many people don't even get that. So So he has a human... Body and a a human human soul. soul. Even God uh, thinking to do that, to think to uh, incarnate himself as a human is like mind-bottling But this is also like uh, another interesting point because because the father and the son are different persons, the father has his own intellect and will as a person, and the son has his own intellect and will as a divine person. But then the son of God becomes human and the human soul of Jesus had an intellect and will. So Jesus had a divine intellect and a divine will and a human intellect and a human will. And his human intellect and human will was always in conformity with his divine intellect and divine will. But in a sort of free way. Mm. So... It's it's really very interesting when you when you take into consideration all. I mean, of that. It, it's really it, it it's deep, and there's a certain level of trust that you know it, it's it's a little bit beyond most people's capacity to grasp that. Right. Just reality, because we not we weren't we're not in that space. We don't understand how that could even logically happen. 
Right. You know, but that God is God. God is creator of all things. And well, and we can also think about it like in a different way. Let's let's think about how the logos is begotten or the son of God is begotten and not made, right? Or or is the son of God by nature because he's born of the father before all ages. Um, he's called the word. So, so what do words express? Words express ideas. So how you can think about this is that the father has an idea or gives birth to an idea of himself. Mm. And then he says a word that expresses fully and perfectly that idea the father has of himself. And let's say for the sake of argument, this word is me. And it takes a life form of itself. Well, is that yeah, what you're getting because to? when God speaks, like things are. Right. So like, so in that sense, God speaking brings about being, right? Mm. So, so when God speaks the word that expresses the idea of himself in perfection, everything he is now stands, so to speak, of course, I mean that, you know, figuratively, stands directly in front of him. So the son is everything he is. It's, it's the father's idea of himself spoken, and thus God doesn't create himself. Rather, just like ideas are born, and like those ideas are born in speech or through words, mm -hmm. the Son, the Logos, is born of the Father, isn't created by the Father. So that also might not be exactly not confusing, but mm -hmm. at least it, it enables us to kind of try to come up with some way of expressing this mystery mm -hmm. of the fact that the Son while being a distinct person from the Father, is the same nature of the Father and everything the Father is, and that that Son is the one who becomes man and we call Jesus. Mm, heavy. So Heavy. Uh, in John's Gospel, the, the, it says, the Word became flesh, right? right. And he dwelt among us. Uh, and this is referring to what you were sort of saying in, in the incarnation of, right. of, of him, right? Right. Yeah. Right. So that that's exactly referring to this idea of the logos, right. the word becoming right. flesh, that the Son of God becomes man. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to talk more about that. Yeah. We'll we're, we'll get into that a bunch more. Yeah. I, one of the things that I think is also an important thing to keep in mind is that, and this is just because you know we're facing in the church today a lot of very confusing times and a a lot of you might want to say heterodox teachings. So you can get really upset about that until you realize that like, even after the church had a council to condemn the Arian heresy, Arius didn't recant his position. So he got excommunicated. And then there were a series of eventually emperors that were actually Arian and tried to promote the heresy. And they were sort of like, let's say, soft shepherds in the church that sort of allowed it to get promoted and even maybe themselves ascribed to, to Arianism. And Arianism wasn't, in fact, rooted out from the church until about the 7th century. Mm. So, so even after this was a heresy that was condemned, those who were promoting orthodoxy were being attacked sometimes by emperors and sometimes even by the shepherds of the church 
who were cozy with the political you know, regime at the time and who themselves were adopting a heterodox position. So, so if sounds people feel little, that way now, familiar. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, it's not like it's there not, haven't been right, tough times. That, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is great. This sounds um, very exciting to talk about it and dive a little deeper and a better understanding about what the creed says and means. Yeah. So until next time. Very good. Ci vediamo. Goodbye. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. I am so glad that you joined us for this episode, truly informative and very enlightening. I want to remind you to please, please, please share this podcast with as many people as possible. The more people know about it, the more people we can affect and share the beautiful teachings of our Catholic Church. Also, stay connected with us by following us on your favorite social media platform at r 4 H podcast. That is the letter R, the number four, and the letter H podcast. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel where you could see us on video. So thanks for joining us today. And there's always a reason for hope. This is Mario Costabile. Until next time, peace. Peace.